As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Stopping by once again, you are listening to your favorite blockhead, the only podcast in the podcasting world that can somehow incorporate the Peanuts comic strip one minute and then be talking about MMA and Warriors Inside the Octagon the next. Guys, thank you so much for stopping by this afternoon. Guest number seven is here with us. I gave a few teasers this week. I made a video and some of y'all followed it and nobody figured out what the hint was. Uh, we are finally going to be talking to this gentleman that's coming on. But before we do, quick thing I want to shout out with. Just want to give a quick little promo. You guys know that when I do my show, that I will promote things like my friends over at Five Finger Tees. Five Finger Tees is a great t-shirt website where you can get everything from comic book to TV, pop culture and society, and ridiculously funny t-shirts that simply will not break the bank. When you go and check out my link for this podcast today... You will see the blog page. You will see the link. Make sure you go to that. And when you buy your T-shirts, whatever you decide to buy, make sure you use the promo code 5OFF, in all lowercase, 5OFF, F-I-V-E-O-F-F. And if you're not really interested in buying a T-shirt, you know you can support this show by going to the website www.kofi.com slash your favorite blockhead. That's all going to be included in the blog page. That's Kofi, K-O-F-I. It's like buying yours truly a cup of coffee if you're interested in doing that. Patreon.com slash your favorite blockhead. All these are going to be provided. You're more than welcome to do that, and I will leave those up in the blog page for those that are watching. Now, I know a lot of you are in suspense. We talked about how we finally have guest number seven. He is finally here. Guys, We I reached out to him, and he said three words to me on Instagram. Sign me up. And somehow, with a few prayers... Here he is in the studio with your favorite blockhead, the one and only current day UFC light heavyweight contender and Team Quest member, smiling Sam Alvey. Sam, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thank hey, you for having on, my friend. Uh, it's it's a pleasure to have you, sir. I, again, I thought it was a long shot, but sure enough, uh, when you get a, a signature, when you get an autograph 
from Sam Alvey that says Blockhead from my good friend Jason Hendricks. Thank you for running that uh, program over there, Jason, because now I have his autograph and it literally says Blockhead. It says it on the actual package and it says it on the autograph. When you have that, you officially have a gimmick that you're going to have for life. So Sam Alvey from the UFC has officially agreed with this one by signing the autograph to Blockhead. So that was too funny. <laughs> no, it was it was a good request, and I, I was happy to happy to sign it. Oh man, and, and, and super appreciative of you. So now, what I'm going to do with this podcast, sir, is I don't plan on starting off what mo- most people try to do. They try to jump right into MMA. They try to get into your career. Let's get into the fights that matter the most, man. Let's talk about a little bit about your upbringing, where you came from, how you met your wife. Let's just take it down that road from the beginning. Let's hear it, sir. All right. I, I grew up in Wisconsin, uh, right on Tishigan Lake, not Michigan, but Tishigan. It's a little okay. lake in Wisconsin. And uh, I just, I grew up there with my, I've got two brothers, a couple dogs and my parents. Uh, it was a wonderful life. I was a band nerd. Never, never, I mean, I played the sports, but I wasn't any good at them. Uh, but I was pretty good at the trumpet. And uh, I, I played the trumpet for 20 years, real close to 20 years. Um and it was just, it was a real delight getting to, getting to play in the marching band and the jazz band and the big band and the, all the other bands. Um, once I graduated high school, I went on to college. And while I was in college, uh, I met my wife, but not in college. We met at the Renaissance Fair, which was on the border of uh, Wisconsin and Illinois. She's a, she was an Illinois person, and I was a Wisconsin person. And uh, we, we both ended up working at the, the Renaissance Fair. Um, I was selling steak on a steak, and she was selling, uh, what was she selling? Bodice. Bodice at first, yeah. And uh, her boss and a buddy of mine introduced us, and shoot, that was almost exactly 14 years ago. Oh, wow. So now we officially have some little ones that are uh, with you now at this point, and we have some, we have some kiddos run, that are running around, little smiling Sams. Shoot, we have four kids right now uh three biological one foster and then uh i've got our my fourth biological fifth kid uh will be here in less than a month oh wow beautiful oh that's that's quite a house load right there but still a lot of little blessings that are running around good to hear oh you know (laughs) (laughs) right you know, another good thing that I've noticed about you, Sam, is that, you know, not only are you a good family man and not only do you have a beautiful family that you have, you also are a man of faith. Do you have any stories about maybe a testimony of your personal faith walk with God or maybe some specific scripture that maybe the fans would like to hear about? Or Yeah, you know, I always, in my head, I always wish I had that one scripture that I could just always whip out. Uh, but I really don't. I, I've just, I was raised in the church. My grandfather was a pastor. I, I got to hear him preach once. Uh, he was a retired pastor, you know, when I came around, but, uh, he, he did, he, I did get to hear him preach once and it was just, it was a blessing. Um, so just grew up with the church being part of who I am. Um, I, I, I don't have a particular scripture that speaks to me, but, I am. I am always looking out for one. I'm always trying to find that one that that really speaks to me. Um, and, and you know, the the best story I have about about the Bible is when you go in the Ultimate Fighter, uh, you're not allowed anything. You're not allowed that uh, radios, TVs. You're not allowed books. You're not allowed anything. But I was season 16, 
And we were the right. first season where they let you take uh, Bible in too. Uh, so I got to bring my Bible into the house and, <laughs> and it was, for the most part, it was such a boring experience that reading, reading the Bible is the, the most exciting thing you could do. So, so I read the, the, uh, the Bible and uh, it was just, took notes on it, had a bunch of questions for my pastor after, afterwards. Uh, and, he, and he helped walk me through some of the, some of the stuff that I didn't quite understand, but uh, it, it was, it was really kind of, looking back now, it was kind of funny. It's, I, I read the Bible, I was on a TV show. <laughs> well, yeah, but then again, that's really cool that you weren't denied that going into the Ultimate Fighter. Now, once again, I don't want to jump straight into it. Here's my question. While you were on the Ultimate Fighter and you were reading, were you trying to read the Bible chronologically? Were you trying to go from Genesis all the way to Revelation? Yeah, I started doing it. And uh, real quick, I learned Genesis gets real boring. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like the first page is pretty good, but then it's just uh, chronicling who, who gave birth to who. So I, right. Yeah. I gave up on that pretty quick, and I jumped to the New, New Testament. You know, the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't mean to laugh at your expense on that. It's just one of those, you know, as a uh, – that's one thing that I've learned the hard way too is people try to read – from begin to end, and they never even get past Leviticus, which is deep in the Mosaic law. So a lot of times when people will do that, it's one of those, I, I never, then the Bible's never really been meant to be read chronologically. I mean, if you do it, more power to you, but you do find many more uh, sections of the Bible that tend to be more accommodating to what you may be facing. Like if you're facing anxiety, there's one to go to. If there's one about your questioning your faith, there's one to go to. About if there's discipleship, you would there would be a spot to go to as well. And most people who end on Revelation, I found out that try to hide under the covers because they end up being fearful about it. When in reality, you might want to go back and maybe read John afterwards. But I was just wondering if that was part of the method methodology while you were in the Ultimate Fighter and. Uh, uh, that, that's that's interesting, but I love that you weren't denied that. Um, so I guess now that I've got you on that hook, could you walk through? For this is again for this show for those who don't know. If you don't follow the Ultimate Fighter, we have guys that Dana White and the UFC go out and they decide these are the best candidates who deserve a shot to get a contract into the UFC. And of course, so you were on 16. Is there anything you can walk through just to kind of give a small glimpse to my fans that are normal? I'm not saying all of them are. Some of them are purists, but a lot of them are very casual fans. Maybe there's something you can give them from the inside besides your time in the Bible and it being boring. What what could be a snapshot, Sam, that you could give for listeners of this show to understand the ultimate fighter and its purpose? Yeah, so, so it's, I, it is boring as in you don't do much. Uh, you get maybe two workouts a day, uh, and that's not even guaranteed. Uh, and that that's it. The rest of the time, you're stuck in a house for six weeks with, what was it, 16, 16 dudes. 16, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, 16 other dudes that are fighters. And you know what fighters like talking about? Fighting. Uh, right. So, so <laughs> that is what you get to talk about for six weeks, uh, fighting. And there, you, we, we did get to watch... A uh, pay per view or two while we while we were on the show, so that always helped change uh, change it up. But uh, it, it was just really, it wasn't quite what I was expecting. It's not what anyone thinks it is. Everyone thinks you get on there and it's a TV show, so you're always doing. It's we're doing so little. Uh, we just get to work out like twice a day, and once maybe twice a week we get to go watch our teammates fight. Uh, but that being said, what is really nice is you get you get a snapshot into how other people train. 
So I know how I train. I know how my friends train. And I know the people I'm around. But for those six weeks, I was with Shane Carwin and his team. And, oh, wow. Uh, what, what a phenomenal coaching staff. They're, they're good people. They, they helped me. They really helped me in that, that six weeks period. And that was kind of the, the biggest takeaway from it. it was just saying that it's not my way is not the only way. There are whole other systems, whole other gyms out there that, that do things their way. And that, that was that was kind of interesting. Yeah. So in, in other words, uh, you know, you've gone into coaching yourself, too. Has, are there a lot of uh, life lessons or coaching techniques that you picked up from Sam Carwin that I mean, to Shane Carwin, sorry, that, that did carry forward into the way you do coaching today? Uh, yeah, yeah. Shane Carwin was was big into he brought his coaches out there. So while Shane Carwin okay. was the head coach, he was he was not the one running practice. It was his. Coach. OK, he's very much in. Uh, is that he, he, he liked viewing himself as the guy that could tie things together where it was his other coaches that would make him make us good at different parts of, of the MMA game. So I, I've definitely taken that to heart. I, I accepted that I'm not going to be the greatest at any one thing. I'll just be the greatest at mixing the things together. So I, I when I'm coaching my amateurs, when I'm coaching the pros, I, I very much use all the coaches at our gym. I said, all right, you know, we're going to do a lot more boxing this time. We've got a great boxing coach. Or we're going to work this part of jujitsu, and we've got a great jujitsu coach. Um, sure. So seeing how he used his team to help build fighters, well, it was pretty, pretty effective. Right. And see, that kind of helps a lot. I and mean, not just me, but a lot of my listeners here, because again, I don't know who all is going to be here in this show, but a lot of them tend to not realize that when the Ultimate Fire is going on, they'll bring in somebody for wrestling. They'll bring somebody for Muay Thai. They'll bring other coaches. In, and you're, it, that's that's a good thing to hear how well-rounded that you really were. Uh, are there any other memories as far as either fights that happened in the cage during the Ultimate Fire during that time that really stand out to you? Or is there some kind of scrap? that Because sometimes scraps happened in the house and a lot of other seasons. So uh, is there any of those that really that could maybe, I guess, entertain the listeners of this show that you can remember? My season was the Let Me Bang Bro season. <laughs> right? Yeah, so you all know who that is, Julian Lane. Yeah, and he was great. That's right. <laughs> yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah, he, he was great. That, that one night is not a good depiction of who he is. But sure. uh, that one night he lost, he was drunk, and he wanted to bang. So, right. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Um, but, but one thing they didn't show much of, we got to go to a movie one day, and we got to see the the movie. Uh, Kevin James was the actor. Here comes the boom. Yes. Yeah. So we were all excited. We got to get out of the house. We got to go see. Here comes the boom. So we went. Uh, we watched the movie, and as we we're coming out, Dana White was there with cameras and stuff, and he started talking to James Cheney, uh, Snake, as we all call him. James Cheney. He's a good, good dude. He's one of okay. the, one of the few I still keep in contact with, and. Uh, James didn't realize the cameras were filming him record, so he was talking to Dana White and Dan. So how was that movie? Uh, her was here comes the blue and part. And James said that movie freaking sucked. I don't know why. I mean, that's terrible. Oh, man, all caught on screen. Yeah, yeah. it's beautiful. They didn't show it on when they they played it on TV, but. It, it, everyone but James knew that they were recording trying to get good impressions of the movie. Is that movie friggin' sucked? 
Oh, that's great. You know, I, I, I don't want to pull this too far off subject, but I do remember hearing a Chris Lieben story and he talked about, you know, most people remember him from the ultimate fighter of like the throwdowns that he had between uh, Bobby Southworth and Josh Koscheck, but they don't talk about the trip that they took into town. And Chris goes into detail about a lot of that in his book. Uh, so the reason I bring that up, Sam, is uh, you also outside of the ultimate fighter, you do have a association and a brother uh, brotherhood with the guys from Team Quest. So I wonder, are there a few of them that really are really close? I mean, of all the guys you have in there, are there any guys in Team Quest that are really close to you that you'd love maybe give a shout out here? Maybe share a couple of small stories from there because you know Chris Lieben is a quite an entertaining guy who went through Team Quest. <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was Team Quest before I was. Right. Uh, he he was a while ago, but uh, yeah, uh, Jordan Winsky. He he's been my he, he and I. We grew up next to each other back in Wisconsin. We've we've been fighting. I've been fighting for a little bit longer, but uh, mm-hmm. he's twelve and two, and the UFC should call him any day now. He's just he's beating the best, uh, and, sure. and he beats them all pretty handedly. Um, so he he's one of those guys that y'all should keep an eye on. Jordan, I'm gonna Winsky. Okay, we'll be we'll be watching up for him for sure, definitely. Uh, any other guys from uh, Team Quest? Did you, were you under some of the leaderships of, from guys of either uh, of Randy, or were you? Uh, did you work with Dan Henderson or any of those other guys that are kind of well-known names? That uh, maybe somebody who is listening to this, uh, any other of those guys that are well-known Team Quest? Yeah, I, I, I've met or once. I've met Chael Sennon a couple times, but Dan Henderson's my head coach. He's the the one, he owns the gym. It's Team Quest is only the team. The the gym is actually called Dan Henderson's Athletic Fitness Center. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so in all my posts, I always tag tag that because that's the actual business name. Uh, Sure. The head coach, and he's come corner me two of my last three fights, and um, he's just, he's a wealth of knowledge. He's just great to have around. Yeah, yeah, definitely with Hendo, and that would be. You know, that's funny how you say that about Chael. Have has, has there going to be a time? Maybe I don't know if you've been on it or not, but has there been a time you've either been on or plan on eventually joining Chael on the You're Welcome podcast? Uh, I w- I would love to. I, I haven't yet, but I would love to. Oh man, that, that that and the reason why I say that, Sam, is you know again I don't want to take it away too much from you, but I can tell you that from uh, in podcasting. If there's anybody that truly inspired me more than anybody else to get rolling with it and kind of look at the do's and don'ts, Chael has been one of them that I've been following for a long time. And when Nate Quarry went on, I think it was episode 83, those two were like the, I've said it before. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers of the podcasting world, they were so able to feed off of each other. I mean, the storytelling for Team Quest was fantastic. Um, but he also, Nate Quarry, did share some negatives of the time period that he went through, I guess, with Robert Follist and I guess Matt Lindland between there. But again, all of those stories were in uh, in that uh, podcast. And I was like, man, I want to be able to do something like this, not just fly solo, but sometimes when I co-host or if I have a guest on. And I guess that's why I was super excited. Like, now here I am three years ago, I was listening to Chael and Nate, <laughs> and here I am with Smile and Sam Alvey from Team Quest, and I'm just like a little kid in the grocery store. Uh, but but do you do you have any memories of those guys? I mean, or like, is there ever anything that happened between uh, Robert? You know, and I, and I believe he passed away, didn't he? God rest his soul. But uh, either way, is there something between Robert or Matt or even Nate or some other guys from Team Quest that might have even been? I don't want to throw uh, any shade on it, but are there any cons of the time that you've been through Team Quest that stand out? And see, that was all a different team quest. Right. The, the original team quest is up in Portland, I believe. Uh, that That's true. Started, yeah, that was started by Hendo and uh, Couture. And right. they kind of went off, did their own thing. Linland stayed up there. And I, I have no idea if it's still going uh, up there. But Hendo started the team quest down here in Southern California. So now we say this is the team quest. That's smartening me up a little bit about knowing the differentiation between the two. So yeah, I, I do know there was some uh, uh, lawsuits going on between Linland and Hendo. That oh, was wow. A few years ago, and I think it came down in Hendo's favor, but I, I really don't know. But uh, yeah, I, Chael, I just, Chael knows Hendo, so Chael came to the gym uh, I, a couple times, and he's just a great guy. I know it, it, you see him on TV, and everyone, he's so big and boisterous, and he's always, you know, saying the stuff to get a reaction. But in sure. person, he's about the nicest guy you ever meet. He and his wife—they're just—they're just wonderful people. Yeah, he understands like having a uh, personality that can enthrall you, and, and it keeps me listening to his show every week. Uh, so I guess there's my my shout out to Chael, and you know, again, shout out to uh, Team Quest and everybody that's still going through there. You know, from a ca- from a fan, you know, from watching from that—that that is the only leg that I've got to stand on, Sam. As I'm a fan and nothing more. Um, so I guess to bring it back to you a little bit. Is there some stories you can bring forward that, I mean, I've watched them on how the smile gimmick came to be and also the butterfly with your hands that you do when you do your pose. But for those who don't know, can you walk us through when you do your walkout? That's why I threw them off. They were like, oh, man, I played Soul Sister by Train on my last Facebook and nobody got the uh, the reference. So walk us through a little bit of the walkout and just a little bit of the, the smile gimmick and the, the, the hand signal with the butterfly. Yeah, you say gimmick, but I swear I smile as much with the cameras on or off. I'm just I'm, I, 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 was, I was smiling before I was smiling, Sam. Uh, okay. And that's I, I just I, I've always 
been a pretty good natured guy. And now I get to do the thing I love more than just about anything. And that's fighting. And not only I get to do it, people pay me to do it and people want to see me do something I love doing. Uh, right. so I've got no reason to smile. When I walk out, I just, oh, I, I see all the people cheering and, and enjoying the moment with me. And it just, it's, it's surreal. It's, it, I never, I never meant to be a fighter growing up. I never watched it. I didn't know anything about it until I was like 10 and 10 and one as a professional. Sure. Um, and I just didn't know anything about it. And now I get millions of people watch me. I get cheered by tens of thousands of people as I walk in and I, I still tear up a little bit as I'm walking out because I, it just, I, I don't, I don't believe it's happening. As far as the, the song goes, I just like the song. <laughs> right. <laughs> when it came out years ago, I just liked the song. So I'm going to walk out to that. And now it's, it's what I walk out to. Now it's, I will only listen to that song if I'm walking out to the cage. And it, oh, it's wow. kind of cool. I actually, the song now, it's, got, it's trained. I, I get a little little jump on my heart, heart rate when I'm walking out. It's a little, okay, it's time to go. It's, I'm going to do this thing. Right. Well, again, I guess it's one of those, just when people hear smiling, it's often that in – MMA that you got names like the Bulldog or got the guys like Rush or what that people can d- distinguish between the fighters and Smile and Sam Alvey. It does work. It's just one of those. When, I didn't mean to necessarily call it gimmick. It's no, just very, yeah. It's just befitting of who you are. It, it does exemplify your personality when you go out. Um, and when you say your record, I have to bring that back just a little bit. Are there some memories you can bring uh, to the listeners of my show? from the time prior to the UFC? I mean, whether it's King of the Cage or Bellator or some of the good memories from there? Yeah. So, yeah, I in the UFC, I hold the record for – well, I tied the record for most fights in a year. I right. tied with Cerrone with six fights in a year, and I actually got there about two and a half months faster than he did. Oh, wow. Uh, which I like to brag about. But <laughs> that was really still a pretty slow year in my career. Uh, I, I've had one or two years where I, I had over – I mean, over ten fights – uh, one year I had 12 fights in 12 months. It was just back to back to back to back. My right. last three fights before I went to the UFC were all within 20 days, the same, well, 30 days, the same 30 day period. Uh, and I, I defended my MFC title. I beat Gerald Mearshart in Wisconsin. Then I had a Muay Thai fight the next weekend. Um, and so I've, I have always just fought a lot. I've always enjoyed just fighting a lot. I go out there and I, I try and perform as often as I can. I always say it's, if I, I'm, I'm going to train, I might as well have something at the end of the training. That way I'm kind of getting paid to train. Right. Uh, and that, that was, that's just always been the case. Uh, my, my last three amateur fights, uh, and that it's always kind of a good story. She's in my last four amateur fights. I fought in Russia as an amateur. I got back on a Monday on Wednesday. I had a guy say, Hey, there's a tournament, uh, up North. If you want to be in at a heavyweight tournament I said, yeah, okay. And that was the next weekend. So I fought on Saturday. I was home from Russia on Monday. Wednesday, accepted. I was in the tournament. Saturday, I, I fought three guys in one night uh, for a heavyweight tournament for King of the Cage up in Lac Flambeau, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, won all three, knocked out all three guys. And I they gave me $1,000 afterwards. Was, oh, sweet. Fantastic. Uh, right. And then I guess I was a pro after that. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. So I, I started a gym. It's, so I should probably train. Uh, so I, I just started a gym and I, I kind of trained myself for, for that first fight. Uh, I, I got a good group of guys up in Manitowoc, Wisconsin to come in and, and I, I was the head coach and I had no idea what I was doing. I just, 
<laughs> yeah, with winning, so I'll just show them what I did to win. It was just sure, exactly. You showed yeah. your techniques, you know, like gave them the open book to that. You know, and, and I say that because now you kind of train, even though you're still currently fighting, you have transitioned into coaching. Uh, do, you, do you have some uh, some ex- experiences from coaching that you can share with us? Because I think that honestly sounds like a really good uh, plan for you when the time comes, when you can invest and young fighters and others that are out there in your territory, um, just to just be able to give them the encouragement that you can give. Uh, so is there anything in, in coaching that you can share on this show that would uh, identify with our listeners? Yeah, you know, actually, I, I don't coach as much now as I used to. Like I said, when I first started, I started the gym and said, I'm the head coach. Now right. I've got, I, I am a head coach, or I'll, and they don't call me that too. <laughs> But uh, I have my coaches as well, and they're the head coach. Those are the guys I said, Joe Stevenson, Tom Galecchio, uh, Gustavo Polgis. Uh, uh-huh. They're the head coaches. Dan Henderson is the head coach. Of course, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I still coach. I, I run the amateurs. I still do a lot of stuff like that. And I just – I love what I do. I, I love being able to, to, you know, for the most part, I, I've been in the UFC for 19 fights now. Uh, when I walk to any fight, I'm people know who I am at this point. And it's cool. It's cool being recognized while I'm with my young fighters. It's cool being uh, thought of as that next level guy, an inspiration maybe for some of the fighters of what they they can do. And uh, I I just lead by example as best I can. Be a good dude. Don't do drugs. Train real hard and you'll be a champion. Right. I'd say you've pretty uh you've got your expectations up there at the same time they're they're not unreasonable and definitely it's it's a good uh model for anybody to follow. Uh that being said, you mentioned one guy that I have to go back. When you said Joe Stevenson, are you talking about the same one from the second Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, Joe <laughs> Stevenson. He's my uh um, coach. Beautiful. I mean, I, I loved his career, but I guess it's one of those I always kind of enjoyed the Ultimate Fighter 2 when he was doing the scarecrow, uh, scarecrow um, uh, technique that Randy had him doing and how many times he had to do to work that technique. I guess it was Mike Whitehead either way, but yep. yeah, I, I, loved it, and I loved that guy. He was always been one of my favorites from, from back in the day. Um, uh, he's so proud of that. He says, he, he's so proud of that. He says no one will ever beat that. I've got a kid I work out with, uh, Ricky, um, Ricky Fuhrer, or Farrar. Uh-huh. Uh, and he, I am convinced he could beat him. I, he could beat the record. And Joe, like, won't let it happen. Won't let us try because, because uh, he doesn't want that record to be beat. Oh, it's got to come. I'm just going to put it out here on your favorite block it on this. Let's guys, let's get a movement going. Let's make it to where Ricky can defeat Joe Stevens in scare, scarecrow competition. Let's beat his record. Let's, let's see if we can get that one going. That'd be so awesome, Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to really try to have it. We've got a heavyweight too, a Jared Vandera. We uh-huh. can use uh, Ricky to climb on Jared and it would be, I, I'm convinced that, I know Ricky could do it, and I, I think Jared could do it. That is so exciting, man. And, and, and again, make, people listening to this might not understand that you would have to watch the Ultimate Pfizer season two and watch Joe Stevenson do it, and people and go, this cat can do it. Let's why not? Let's put that out there on the show. Let, we'll get a movement going here. That sounds like fun. The Blockhead Nation can get behind him. We'll get behind Ricky for sure. Uh, but as I'm looking at my time, uh, Sam, I've got about five minutes left with you, but I want to ask. One last thing as we kind of wrap up. Um, a few years back, you did fight Derek Brunson. Didn't quite go in your favor, but the reason I bring him up 
is because I do have Ian Heinich that's on my Facebook and on my pages. I follow him pretty closely. He might very well stumble across this podcast. So it's one of those, when he's about to step into the cage with Derek Brunson, not too long from now, uh, what would be some of the uh, um, what would be some of the techniques you would talk to him about? What would you tell him if you had a one-on-one consultation with Ian the Hurricane Heinich about facing Derek Brunson? What would you tell him to watch out for with this guy? I'd say Derek is fast. He's very athletic. His hands move quick. He's got decent footwork, but he's faster than you think. Uh, so he caught he caught me early, and it was uh, it was all downhill after that. But um, it was it was. I, it was a fight I would I would like to have that fight back just to see. Uh, right, but he, he's very fast. Yeah, I just don't I don't want to rub salt in the wound. It's just kind of one of those. If Ian is going up against him not long from now, I'm sure he could use any kind of uh, advice you can get in while he's in his training camp. I guess that's more along the lines of what I'm looking for. One, there is another thing that I did not cover with you, Sam, that I really have to bring back. We've covered MMA now, but in this podcast, I, I you know that uh, if you haven't followed it at all. I'm one of the biggest Charlie Brown and the Peanuts fans you will ever meet in your life. But I'd like to know, is there a certain cartoon or comic book or comic strip that you grew up with with your childhood that mattered to you that a lot of the fans could identify with? What would be something that was it Saturday mornings you were watching this cartoon that you look forward to? What would that be? Uh, I was a huge fan of the uh, Jackie Chan adventures. Okay. Uh, yeah, I love that, Joe. It, it was so much fun. That was like I, I never watched MMA, didn't know about MMA, but I, I love Jackie Chan, so that's where I got sure. my fighting technique from. Interesting. Uh, did you have any other like comic mo- like if you took the family and wanted to watch a superhero movie or whatever, is there one that you tend to kind of lean towards? You just kind of like, eh, this, this this is not my thing, or or is there anything that I'm that, I'm, that I might have? Anything you have here, Sam, would be awesome to hear. Yeah, no, I read my kids' comics. Uh, Spider Man. I mean, everyone loves Spider Man. Um, sure. So I, I, I'm big into that. But the Avengers are great. All the movies are, are wonderful. Um, and now I just saw the, the the Hobbs and Shaw Fast and the Furious movie last night. Right. And that's pretty much just a superhero now. Superhero <laughs> movie now. They, I mean that. Yeah, that, those movies are just wonderful. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. So you got a recommendation on that one there. So, again, man, I'm looking at the two-minute warning, and, again, I couldn't be more grateful for you to come out. And let, that's the thing, guys. you got to understand that this is a UFC fighter. This is a current contender, and he is with Team Quest, and he took time out of his busy schedule to come on a regular Joe Schmo everyday podcast, a common man who's trying to make his way into the podcasting world because I love it. I couldn't be any more grateful for it. So I guess as I ask this, you you started a podcast yourself, haven't you? Where can we actually go hear your show? I uh, you, you can find my show. I, I've got a website. It's smilemma.com. And the name of the podcast is Just Smile. Uh, I'm not nearly as regular as I should be with it. Uh, I just get so caught up with the kids and training and everything. But sure. uh, it, it is something I, I want to do more of. I, I, I plan on re-getting, re-getting into it uh, so it's a, it's a weekly thing. Right, exactly. I mean, the, the big thing with that is just it's hard to have the consistency with that. You have the authenticity down pretty easily with these shows. It's just kind of 
whenever a podcaster gets past episode 10, they get their routine down, then it's going to work out. You don't have to do it every week. I mean, you, I tell people all the time they could do bi-weekly every two weeks. They could do once a month, depending upon their schedule. As long as the listeners kind of understand that, they're going to be behind you on that. I'm just thrilled that you have a podcast, and we can send the Blockhead Nation towards your uh, your show as well. So uh, is there anything else that you want to just kind of share at this point, Sam, or have you kind of gotten everything off your chest? Yeah, I tell you, I love talking to everyone. Hit me up on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. I get back to almost everyone. Uh, it's at Smiling Sam, S-M-I-L-E-N-S-A-M. And I, I get back to almost everyone. You heard it right, guys. He got back in touch with me. If you want to get in touch with this man and you want to learn a little bit more about the legend that is Smiling Sam Alvey, this is a way to do it. And I guess one last thing is just so we can give a quick shout out to the Dos Leprechauns podcast network since obviously he's the reason why you and I kind of made the connection. You made the, you signed the autograph. You were a very approachable guy. I'm very thankful that you took the time to come on here, sir, and I definitely look forward to seeing your career, where you go in the future, and definitely just tell the wife and kids that your favorite blockhead sends his love and definitely looks forward to the next time that we'll see you at Cage Side. Hey, I will do that. Thank you so much for having me on. Absolutely. And guys, as we kind of close out the show today, I know it's a little bit short, but this one's been all about Sam Alvey. This is about celebrating him, UFC fighter and Team Quest member. As we finish off, guys, don't forget to go support my friends over at Century Martial Arts. 40 years in the making, growing strong, Century Martial Arts has what you need. One-stop shopping, same-day shipping, whether you're a black belt instructor or just a fitness enthusiast, or maybe you want to try MMA for the very first time, you can check out my friends at Century Martial Arts, and when you get to checkout, when you've got your Muay Thai pads, your MMA gloves, you're ready to glove it, when you get to checkout, make sure you use the promo code. Save 10. That's all going to be included in the blog page. That'll be in the notes. It'll be accessible to you. Save 10. S-A-V-E-1-0. That will be here on the podcast. Y'all know I talk about them. I love to promote as an affiliate, and I love doing podcasting. And with that, Sam Alvey, thank you so much, sir, and I bid you adieu. Hey, we'll talk to you later, sir. All right, we will see you guys next time. Same Blockhead time, same Blockhead channel, and that's the way the cookie crumbles. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 